Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. Today I have Tom Campbell with me. Tom is one of my favorite guests. He is a physicist and he can take science and he can support the work that I do um, and bring everything back to love, which is really what News for the Heart is all about. Welcome to the show, Tom. Oh, well, thank you, Lori. It's always a pleasure to, to uh, interact with you. I always like your interviews. I do too. So, okay, so we're coming up to Halloween and it's not just Halloween that makes me think of this, but, you know, because a girlfriend was talking about how, you know, going away on a vacation and, and it was a significant vacation. It was almost six weeks and talking about, you know, why we, why we want to do things to take us out of our comfort zone or, um, and I thought we'd look at masks and, you know, why, why we wear them, why we want to step out of them sometimes and wear something else, why we can't just be authentic. Like, what is it about us that, you know, we want to distract ourselves. We often don't appreciate where and who and what we are. And we're always either trying to change it. We're trying to be, um, you know, someone I think that we think people will like. Um, and in fact, of course, the only people that will, you know, it's, it's really about being authentic and that will be the true way that, you know, um, someone likes you. But it's like we wear these masks. We feel different when we're out on like Halloween or at a party because we're wearing a different mask. It's like we have masks for every different scenario and situation. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit because I sure. think there's something in that that I'd like to explore. Okay. Uh, it's very um, much related to a subject we talked about. And I don't think the last uh, interview with the one before that which was people's stories. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a real close association with the story. People have their stories, and in those stories, they're playing a character. And that character that they're playing, that's their mask. You know, that's the character. So they have a certain mask, a certain attitude, a certain way they present themselves that suits the character they're playing in the story. And, you know, so that's... They're very similar things. We, we live in these stories. We create the stories about ourselves and our interactions and other people around us. And then we live the story. And why do we do that? Why do we, why do we live in stories? And, and why do we wear masks? And what's so hard just about being ourselves? Yeah. Well, what's so hard about being ourselves is, is fear. We have this fear that ourselves is just not all that much that we just aren't all that you know, nifty, nice, terrific, uh, swell, attractive, wonderful person that everybody else would just love to be with and just love to love. And we don't feel that way. So in order to make ourselves fit in or be better or look better than we are, we, we uh, put on masks. We look different. We try to be somebody else other than who we are. 
because who we are just isn't that much, is the way we feel. And that's the fear. Of course, that's the fear talking. You know, who you are is just who you are. You know, it's like you got to own it and be it. And, and then once you're authentic, you have a chance to grow because you can't grow up if you don't start from where you are. If you always think you're somebody else or trying to be somebody else, then how do you grow up from there? You see, you can't. You can try to grow your image. You can try to grow your mask to some other kind of mask that's maybe better. But unless you're authentic, you can't grow yourself. So you're just not going to get rid of that fear, you know, become love, um, be authentic, unless you can start from where you are. So that's always the first step is, is uh, have the courage. See, it takes courage because fear is the problem. So courage is the solution. It's going to take courage and a desire to do this for somebody who wants to let go of the masks, let go of the story. Have it your own story, not not one you can cock, but your own honest-to-goodness, true, you know, uh, authentic story. That's a story you can grow from. So let's say you do that and you say, well, I'm just a little bit of nothing, but that's me, and I'm just going to be that, and I'm going to be it in a way that feels right to me, and then we'll see what happens. You see, And what will happen for most people is that suddenly everybody will like them better, and their relationships will improve, and you know they'll get along with their children more. Everything will start to get better because they don't realize it, but trying to be better or somehow improve themselves by running their lives out of their intellect, that just makes them less likable because they're not authentic. Every, you know when people aren't being authentic. You know when people are uh, you know, acting a role. And we look around and we say, gee, everybody's acting a role. You know, everybody's got their story and they're all acting a role. And we don't relate as well, as warmly, and as honestly with people who aren't being honest with us. You know, we tend to meet a story with a story. So the thing to do is just let that story go, be yourself, and see what happens. Now let's say that on the, on the long shot, what happens is that things get worse. Okay. Let's say that's a possibility because you have to have the courage. See, this is where the fear is. The fear is that they'll get worse. So you have to have the courage to look at that and say, well, what if it gets worse? If I'm just me and what if nobody likes me? Well, the thing there is to say, okay, if that's me, I accept that. I will just be who I am. And if people don't like me or think that much of me, then maybe I need some different friends. Maybe I need to hang out with some different people. Or maybe I just need to live like me and, and see, you know, how all this will work out. Let, maybe some friends will have to go and maybe others will come. And let's just wait and see how this sorts out. And what you'll find out is once you're honest with yourself, you may, you may realize that, well, gee, I tend to use people. Or I tend to, you know, uh, complain all the time. That's just me. I'm being very, you know, I'm being very honest and I just feel like complaining all the time. Well, that's not so good. And it doesn't make me feel good. I'm always down. I'm kind of depressed. And where's that coming from? You see, now you have the opportunity to grow. You can deal with that. 
and find out where that fear is because now you're being honest, you can, you can find that fear. The fears aren't so hard to find if you really are honest in your you know, attempts to find them. It's when you're trying to ignore them and deny them that they're so hard to find. So if we just say, okay, it, maybe it, it will be bad. Maybe everybody will walk away from me. I accept it. That, that's my first step. If I want to grow up, I've got to go there. I'm just going to be me. And then if you find things that aren't very good about you because you're, de you're depressed, you feel bad, you complain all the time or whatever, then think about those things. Now you have a chance to change them. And as you change them, you'll be a much happier person. And people will come and will like you. And now you're growing up, you see. Now you're becoming something else than what you were. So you have to start at the beginning, at the root, with who you are, or you'll never get anywhere. That's why so many people go to one workshop after another. They have counselors. They have you know, psychiatrists. They have all these people trying to help them you know, be happier and, and live a more fulfilling life. And yet the problem is not, not some... Um, some piece of knowledge or something that they don't have, you know, that these other people will give them. It's just themselves. They need to just be themselves or they're not going to get there. So how many people do you know that go to seminar after seminar after seminar? You talk to them, you spend hours with them, explaining things to them, and then they are just the same. You know, you talk to them a month later and nothing's different really in their life. Even though when you were talking to them, they saw it intellectually. They say, oh, yeah, I see that. Wow, thank you. I see. I've just been, you know, this way or that way. I'm complaining all the time, and people don't like that. I get it. I can fix that. And they're all excited about it, and a month later, nothing's changed. Right. You see? And it's kind of disheartening if you're the counselor because you talk to people and talk to people, and, and they seem to get it, and then somehow they lose it. And it's true. They go to workshops and they come back from the workshop all enthusiastic. Wow, that was so great. You know, I learned all kinds of things. And a month later, they're just the way they were. Nothing's changed. That's because they're trying to deal with this at an intellectual level. And you have to deal with it at a being level. And all the workshops and psychiatrists and counselors aren't going to help you if you don't change you know if you don't take responsibility for it and do it and change something yeah, it's not a fact that you're missing it's a part of it's you that you're missing <laughs> you're, you're missing being you you're, you're missing being authentic so that is uh, that's like the first that's like square one if you want to improve your life that's square one is be authentic that's where we start and that's why probably all of these people will be encouraging you to meditate because when you meditate, you get to meet yourself. You, you get to say hello to your consciousness. And when you meditate, if you, if you, you know, are successful in your meditation, you tend to not be able to hide from yourself in meditation. In meditation, who you are and what you are tends to come out. Now, if whenever it comes out, it frightens you and you, and you, you know, leave the meditation and say, well, I'll quit for a week. That wasn't pleasant then you're not going to get there. You need to take those things that aren't pleasant in your meditation and deal with them. Because in the meditation, your, your walls are down. 
You know, the, the rug that you sweep things under becomes transparent in your, in your meditation, and you get to see all that, that, that junk that's in there. But when you see it, don't run from it and cover it up again. Just say, all right, let me deal with this stuff. Let me see what's in there. Let me be real. And that will be the beginning of, you know, of a, a much happier, fulfilling life for everybody. So it's, it's these stories and the masks. They're all part of the same thing. It's us being afraid of, to be us because we're not good enough. You know, we, we're, we're constantly, um, you know, putting on an image. You know, all the, all the ladies in the world get up and spend the first hour of their day putting on makeup, right? To oh, look now different. Oh, now come on, not all of us. <laughs> to, look, <laughs> yeah, to look different than they really look, you know? Well, that's just... You know, that's just the beginning. No, not not all of you. <laughs> that's true, but a large majority. Yes. Yeah, so it's a it's a problem with being yourself. It's a problem and, and I'm not saying putting on you know, wearing makeup's a bad thing. Wearing makeup's no. a a fine thing. You know, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm just saying that that's part of our nature to try to better be as good as we can be. You know, as pretty as we can be, as smart as we can be, as clever as we can be. And that's a that's a, a normal kind of a natural thing, right? To want to be better. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we can do those things, but we have to keep it in perspective. We are still us and we have to not lose track of who we are in all of this trying to be better, smarter, you know, faster, slimmer. Uh, prettier, you know, all those things. We have to not lose track of who we are and always just be ourselves. So it's fine to put on makeup or tr fine to put on your best whatever when you're, uh, you know, having a conversation. You don't want to be frivolous. You don't want to just giggle through the whole thing. You know, you, you want to be cogent and, and, and say things that are meaningful. And it's good. You should try to do those things. Right. But you don't lose track of yourself. Don't don't then become that image. You see, become yourself, and let those let those. Uh, you can still put on an image here and there. You might have to. You know, you may go visit your in-laws, and you may not really get along. And the image you need to put on is to smile and be polite and be cordial. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a good you know a good thing to be. You're trying to be nice, but don't become your image. You have to be yourself. So I'm not saying that you should just always, you know, um, kind of, I'm me, here I am, you know, like it or not, you know, that sort of thing. Well, yes, you can be that sometimes, but sometimes you need to tone that down, particularly if it's going to hurt somebody else's feelings or, or it, it turns out rude or something else, then you do have to do that. But don't get lost in it. Realize that's me, and if I'm being rude, then maybe I'm the problem here. Maybe it's my attitude, you know, that needs to be changed, not my image. You see, and then uh, you can start working on that that attitude, and then you can let that image go once you get your attitude fixed. I think you mentioned something um, that's really important, though, and I think it ties in more with the upcoming holiday of Halloween. Um, it's about courage. And so when people dress up 
or when people have alcohol or when people go on vacation, they tend to be, I almost want to say more themselves. They tend to be more relaxed. They tend to not care as much about what people are thinking. I mean, yes, that can go to the extreme. (laughs) And yes, we've seen those people. But, you know, they can be more open in themselves because they're not so worried about people judging them. Right. So, they've walked out of their story. They're no longer in that little story that they're that they play in all the time. They've they yeah. stepped out now. They're they're in a different book. They're not in that book anymore. They're a different story. Now they're in the vacation story. And all those people that are laying out there on the beach with them or in the nightclub with them or anything else, they'll never meet those people again. Right. They'll never see them. They don't have to live with them. Uh, they don't have to see them the next day or go to work with them the next day. So they can just be themselves a lot easier because they don't have any image to maintain. It's that it's that story. You don't have to keep that story going and that image that image going. And yeah, you can be yourself. Kind of let your hair down, as they say, uh, when you're on vacation. Or dressed up for Halloween. Or, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like it's like we need. To step out of, and maybe that's maybe that's the point. Maybe that's the reason for certain um, why certain events or holidays are are so important for us because it it allows us to take that step out. And if I think if you have the luxury of you know being out for like six weeks, I mean it can really help to shift you from what you've been pretending your story is because it really is just a pretending it's that's Mm -hmm. what we find is that the story that we think we are it's no more real than any other story like it's no more real than you going on vacation for six months or you know being out of that story and pretending you're something else because they're all kind of you being the sim and you choosing which you know which sim you want to be today instead of, you know, being the one that you are. Like it's, it's hard for us to, like it's easier when we can, we can, I don't know, pretend we're somebody else or that we can be so relaxed that we don't care. It's, it's that courage thing. It's, it's, sure. it, it's that yeah, we, courage. We, we that pretend really... to be somebody else because it makes us feel safer. Right. Makes it feel safer. We're not going to say something stupid. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to, people won't look at us and, and, you know, and move away. You know, they will, uh, they will like us. They will accept us as long as we're careful that we don't say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, wear the wrong clothes, you know, fix our hair the wrong way. You know, if we can do everything to fit in, then people will like us. So instead of being ourselves, we, we want to fit this this uh, I'm okay, you're okay kind of image that we have. And part of that has to do with our, our species. We are, um, you know, I, I say we're a, we're a herd species. You know, that's not the right word. It's really a social species. But I use the word herd because that, you know, people understand that a lot better. You know, when you're one of the herd, being different is a problem because there's safety in conformity. When something's different, when something is unusual, unknown, um, there's there's anxiety about it. There's stress because anything unknown could be bad. You know, it's hard to say. 
So we, we humans tend to have that attitude. We are conformists. We have very narrow bounds of behavior, social, social behavior, that are suitable. Everything else is kind of quirky and uh, not acceptable, you see. And if you want to be accepted, then you have to stay in those lines. And most of us, if we were just ourselves, would tend to think and act out of the box a little bit more because we'd be more natural. We wouldn't be constrained to this narrow, social, acceptable um, you know, image that we, need, we feel we need you know, to uh, not be uh, odd-looking. Or a little, you know, dingy. Oh, you know, she's an airhead. Uh, oh, look, uh, you know, the way she's wearing her hair, you know, da 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 You know how, and people are very, um, you know, I don't know, with women, I guess you call it catty. Uh, with guys, I guess you just call it jerky. But, uh, you know, people tend to um, pick on anybody who's different. Anybody that steps outside of that, because that's where the safety is. You wear that image for safety. Well, that's back to fear again. You see, it's all about fear. If you are if you are yourself and the people you associate with can't deal with you, can't work with you, can't interact with you being yourself, you need to find some other people to interact with. You know, you need to find people who are a little more open, a little less judgmental, uh, not quite so uh, full of ego and, and their own fear. You need to find some other people to hang out with. And uh, a good way to do that is just be yourself and, you know, let those chips fall where they may for a while until you get to sort out, you know, what what's going on, you know, and how are you being. And like I say, you can if there's problems, you can fix them if you're authentic, not just cover them up. And everything will work out so much better that way. And you'll find there are plenty of people that you can run into who are also trying to be authentic and are also a little bit out of the box. They're not just, you know, the, uh, you know, the average everything. You know, they uh, have uh, their own idiosyncrasies, their own little quirks. And you'll find those things not threatening, but you'll enjoy them. People will be so much more interesting to be around when they're actually real people than cardboard cutouts who all say the same things in the same way and you know, are all uh, being politically correct. That's a pretty you know, stultifying, uh, stilted uh, interaction when you interact like that. You know, that's, that's cocktail party interaction, right? You go to these cocktail parties and you're standing around talking in a big room with lots of other people. And all it is is just you know, blah, 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 all this, you know, this nonsense that everybody's saying, trying to look clever to everyone else and trying not to make a faux pas that will, you know, let other people see the way they really are. And it's, you know, that's just the, you know, you need to be just the opposite of that. You need to be real and hang out with real people. And there are real people around. And actually, if you act more real, the other people around you will start to act more real as well because then they can relax because each person sees the other person as their judge and you stop judging then they can relax so it, it'll it'll spread right okay so we know fear is the problem we know courage is the solution <laughs> right 
And the other part of the solution is you have to really want to do this ah, because you will never motivation. get courage if you don't really have the intention. If you, if you, you know, if you say, gee, my life isn't that much fun. I'm depressed all the time. I don't even want to go out and socialize anymore, you know, that sort of thing. Then you need to say, I need to make a change. If I keep doing the same stuff, I'm going to get the same reaction. So let's, let's make a change. And if you're really committed to that, then the courage is much easier to, to find. If you're not committed to that, then the courage is almost impossible to find. So you really have to want to change, want to be authentic, want to be happier, you know, want to have a, a more fulfilling and satisfying life. And, uh, and if you want to, then you'll find the courage to do it. Right. Right. And motivation. Because, right. I mean, our intention... Our intention is one thing. I mean, I think people intend to go on a diet every day, right? They intend <laughs> to do something. And I think sometimes it's the motivation or there's, you know, something that is, I don't know, I guess that falls under addictions too. I mean, there's something sure. that sort of blocks them from doing yeah, well. We define addictions kind of loosely we do <laughs> these days, and addictions are just things that you are kind of pushed toward doing. You know, it's not that yes. you decide uh, intellectually that it'd really be a wonderful thing, you know, to eat a, a donut this morning with my coffee. <laughs> you know, it's it's not that that's that your intellect decides it's a good thing. Something else inside you at the being level says, "Oh, look, eat that donut. It'll taste so good." You know, you need that donut. It's just one donut, you know, and you haven't had a donut for a long time. And, you know, it might be rude to not eat a donut because somebody just came over and offered donuts. And, and everybody else is eating donuts, you see, and we, we justify yeah. that thing. And then we go ahead and we have, we have the donut. So any behavior where you are being pushed, you know, you're being nudged to do things, particularly things that are dysfunctional and you know it. You know, you're trying to lose weight and you don't need that donut. That donut is part of the problem and other kinds of foods like it. But you're, you're kind of driven to do it anyway. Well, that defines an addiction. And we are addicted to our stories. Yes. We're addicted to our masks. And we're addicted to a lot of different foods. Substances, yes. Sugar. Yes. Sugar being... And yeah, Probably sugar, all, anything that has to do with sugar, you know, now sugar is an addictive substance. Wheat now is being seen as an addictive substance. Uh, there's a lot of things. Just carbohydrates in general are seen to be addictive. So it takes, it takes a, a, a drive. You have to want to do it enough to do it. See, mm -hmm. That's the first step, and that's the one that most people fail to, fail to do. They talk about it. In the intellect, they say, oh, I should be losing weight. I'm 20 pounds overweight, or I'm 30 pounds overweight. I'm not feeling as well. It's hard going up steps. I get tired easy. You know, all my clothes are too tight. <laughs> and they have all these issues. But that donut looks awfully good. So they indulge themselves to feel better, to feel, to feel good, to get that hit of, of uh, sugar for the moment. So for the next five minutes, they feel good eating the donut. And then, of course, all the rest of their life, 
you know, their clothes are too tight, they're, you know, they're too heavy, they, they get tired, they have all these other problems that has to do with, you know, with uh, being overweight. So it's a, it's a very poor trade. Trade, you know, five minutes of feeling good against feeling bad about yourself all the rest of your your life and well, then and feeling it. bad the that shame, you can't like the shame that comes from it the you know diet is a, a very fascinating topic because it the addiction aspect of diet is and it, we don't just mean for people who lose weight because for diet i mean there's lots of people who have gluten out i'm not going to allergies and are resistance there's there's a lot of different opinions about if it's an allergy that means you die if you take it but so we have a lot of different um ways of of dealing with foods and a lot of them are you know sugar is is a huge problem in our society i mean if you get any processed food it has sugar in it somewhere um chemicals of all sorts are in our food um Preservatives are in our food, artificial flavors, artificial colors, dough conditioners, you know, things that uh, that make it have the right consistency, things that keep it from spoiling, things that that um, you know, make it uh, easier to package, have it last longer on the shelf. You know, all of these things that are good for somebody else, they're good for the manufacturer that right. the stuff lasts longer. It's they're good, for, good money. for the <laughs> store because, you know, they, they – uh, they don't go bad, you know. That's right. it's good for people on one side, but it's very bad for the people that that eat it. Right. And uh, the thing is, it's you know, poison that poisons you just a little bit every day, never is noticed until a lot of days add up, and then you just don't feel so good anymore, or you're addicted to sugar or some other kind of thing. So it's a it's a easy addiction to fall into. It's not like you eat sugar and you fall over, you know, gagging on the floor or something. Then people could avoid it, but you eat sugar and and you get addicted to it. So you want more and you want more, and it's maybe years later, after you're not a kid anymore and your metabolism starts to slow down some, that uh, you start paying the price for that. Yeah, but people know this; they just don't change their behavior because they're so frightened and they live in this false world with their masks and with their images and just a little donut would make them feel so much better they've got so little pleasure so little satisfaction in life that now their satisfaction is from taking the drug of choice like sugar or smoking a cigarette or you know drinking some wine and all of these things now become pleasures to look forward to that donut in the morning is a pleasure to look forward to you know the wine at lunch is a pleasure to look forward to so it's it's that sort of thing because we live a false life we're not very satisfied we're not very happy so we take our little pleasures wherever we can get them and that's the stuff then that ruins our health Mm -hmm. and adds to our problem so you can see it all the whole thing just one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. And you're not going to get out of this until you really have the drive to say, I want to change. You know, I want out. I don't want to keep, you know, it's like you're caught in this web and you have to want to extricate yourself enough 
to have the courage and the and the stick-to-itiveness to change. That's, you know, I mean, that's tough talk, right? And it's, you know, that's like the suck it up cupcake, you know, <laughs> you're in, you're in charge. Just don't eat that stuff. It's kind of a hard, you know, it's kind of a hard way to, to say it, but that's the way it is until you decide that, that you're going to live differently, then you're just going to continue justifying why you live the way you do. Right. And they all sort of fit together. And, and I don't know really what the answer is, like what, what we can do that would change that. Well, I'd say if you want to start someplace and I'd start again with meditation and courage, get in touch with yourself, feel what you feel, and then don't just forget about it and push it away once you're done. Or, you know, deny it while you're in the experience, but get to know yourself, get acquainted with who's inside, because when you meditate, you'll get to meet who's inside. Uh, so many of us have been living in, in uh, stories and with masks and, you know, with addictions for so long, we don't know who's inside. It's not like we can just, you know, okay, I'm just going to act like me now. Because most people have no idea who me is and what that me would act like. Because it's been so long since they were actually, you know, authentic that they no longer relate to that. They are their image. They are their story. Now they're trapped, you see. It's like you can't go home. You've, you've forgotten where home is. You know, you're, you're, you've been out so long that you don't know where home is. You don't know who you are. And that makes it even scarier, because if you have no idea who you are, well, it could be bad. You know, it could be. And I'm getting along okay the way it is. I mean, I'm making, I'm not too happy. I'm not having a good time. I don't feel satisfied and fulfilled, but I'm getting by, and it's okay. And with a donut now and then and some corn chips, uh, you know, at night with some cream cheese, I'm getting by okay. You know, so mm, let's not go there. Let's not find out who I am. It might be a pretty, not a pretty picture. So that's the way people are. And as long as that's okay and they don't, you know, they don't want to break out of that, they won't break out of it. They'll just do that their whole, their whole life. The thing is, is that the, the, the longer you do that, which means the older you get, the more that dissatisfaction, unhappiness, and lack of fulfillment starts to feel. So it gets tougher and tougher the older you get. And that's the problem. You can sweep stuff under the rug when you're young and just go on and forget about it. The older you get, the bigger that pile <laughs> under the rug gets. <laughs> and it just gets to be harder and harder to ignore. And you get so estranged from yourself after a while that you can't, you know, the idea of really being happy, really being joyful is an idea you don't even remember. What was it like the last time I just was, my heart was just full of joy. I just felt so good and so, you know, fulfilled and whatever. And people will say, well, I think I was about six years old, when I, you know, the last time that happened. That's when they were children. It hasn't happened for so long. You see, you kind of think that it probably doesn't exist. Well, adults don't do that. You see, you begin to 
excuse it and, and justify it. Well, adults aren't like it. That's, that's children's stuff. But that's not true. Adults are like that. Joy and, and, and fulfillment and all those things are there. And I guess, I mean, they're there. the biggest problem is we don't want to feel uncomfortable. Like the biggest problem is, is when we start to feel something that we think is uncomfortable, then we will do something to change that. And that could be an addiction like, you know, watching TV, turning on the radio, you know, doing something so that we're not alone. It could definitely could be food related because we have a lot of memories associated with, you know, food and food being a way to, you know, especially when we were kids, <laughs> you know, it's like how to shut up a child that's screaming, give them, give them something, you give know, them a cookie. give them exactly, give them something sweet. And of course, when we were kids, you know, when we had a cookie, it had real sugar in it. Unfortunately, now when we get a cookie, it's not got just sugar in it, or it may not even be real sugar, <laughs> which is terrible. But even sugar on its own is still a, a drug. Like we have so many genetically modified things that we don't realize it. And then, then there's all the chemicals. And then there's, you know, even, you know, like it was a big thing when Coke or Pepsi came out with you know, actual sugar back in them. I'm like, oh my goodness, like what was there before? <laughs> or what is actually in these things that if it's, you know, they're actually making such a big deal that it's got real sugar in it. But I mean, we, you know, we, we do all of these things to take us out from a feeling so that we can pretend we're feeling okay when, because we are associating a memory that may make us feel good, that may make us, you know, like the mask that may, you know, kind of hide something or, but it's all about us not feeling comfortable. It's all about us, you know, not feeling okay with who we are or okay with what's going on. Like it's these emotions that we put under the rug. It's the emotions that we're trying to escape from that if we were just to dive into them, they don't have the power that we've given them, but it's just like the story. It's just like the mask. It's just like the addiction. We've given so much power to these things that we think, you know, we couldn't possibly survive if we, if we actually went into our sadness or if we actually went into our depression or we actually went into our anger. Some people think that their anger is so out of control that they would kill somebody and I mean, I think that anybody that would have that rationale would probably not kill somebody because they already have the moral, the standard that that would not happen. But they're so afraid of getting into those emotions that we wear the masks, that we, you know, we, well, we fall into a story. I, I think the story isn't something we want to create. It's just something that we think is real. But, you know, we, it's like we can't, we're just so afraid of feeling. We're so afraid of being our authentic self because, well, what if that authentic self is so painful to be? Sure. And the key words there are so afraid. Yeah. We're so afraid of this. We're so afraid of that. We're afraid of all sorts of things. And right, we cover that fear up with a feel good. Yeah. 
And it's not just that uh, we have memories of uh, those cookies when we're a child and we're happy. It's that we're addicted. And when you get a hit of your drug that you're addicted to, you feel good. You know, particularly if it's a psychotropic drug like, like sugar, you know, or alcohol or caffeine or nicotine, you know, all of those psychotropic substances. You feel good when you get a hit of a, something you're addicted to. So that's why so many people are addicted to various things, you know, from foods to other things. I mean, look at our culture. We have a very um, drug-centered culture. If, if you get a promotion, what do you do? You go have a drink. Yeah. If you have a baby, well, you, you know, you, everybody has a drink. Uh, you smoke a cigar. If you, um, whatever, you know, uh, if you, uh, you know, your boyfriend proposes to you, you know, you go have a drink, uh, you know, everything of any significance whatsoever we use as an excuse to take a drug because we feel a little bad about it if we just take drugs, you know, you just like carry around a bottle of wine with you all day and sip (laughs) on it, you know, then people would make fun of you and you'd become a wino and an alcoholic, but, oh, so-and-so got a promotion. Well, let's go get something to drink, you see? So we have anything. We, you know, we uh, use it as an excuse to take a drug. That's, you know, and birthdays, oh, the cake and all the icing, you know, let's do drugs, let's do sugar. That's an excuse. It's a birthday. Oh, so-and-so, you know, just, you know, got engaged. Oh, well, let's bring in some donuts and, you know, pass around some wine after work and so on. So it's, it's like that. Our, our whole culture is very drug-focused, and we take drugs every chance we get any any little thing you know is a is a good cause for for uh, taking a taking a drug and they're they are you know it's it's such a social convention that if you don't take drugs you know with your friends then of course there's something wrong with you you know if you pass up that that glass of wine or that cake or, with that icing and that sort of thing then you kind of a, a standout you're uh, you, you maybe are authentic, but you are also, you know, your standout, which takes us back to the fear of being different than other people, you see. So we, we, we have it coming at us from all sides. Not only do we have our own addictions, but we have social pressures to, to uh, you know, to, to behave in ways that make everybody feel good. And this, this idea of I can get rid of the feel bad by pretending to feel good doesn't work. And again, as I say, the older you get, the more obvious that is. And that's true of all kinds of things. For instance, if you've noticed, whenever you get an article in the newspaper about some uh, pedophile that's been you know, found out, well, you're thinking pedophile. Well, that probably ought to be some, uh, some young person with uh, you know an over uh, amount of of um, hormones going on in their system or something, but no, it's usually somebody who's 60 years old. And you say, why is that? You know, they they shouldn't be quite so driven that they would do things like that. You know, that harmful, that risky, whatever. What what is what is driving this this old person? And what is driving them is that they're 
their unhappiness, their needs just get more and more out of control as they get older because you can't keep them under the rug anymore. The rug's full. There isn't any more room <laughs> under that rug to stuff anything else. And you get to the point where it's obvious to you that your life is not authentic, that you don't have joy and happiness and fulfillment in your life. And then you have to try harder to, you know, to get that feel good, to not feel that uh, discomfort and the, your quirks and drives and, and neuroses and things that you've done to compensate all these years start to get more and more difficult to control, and to con contain. So it's like that with a lot of things. You know, people who were just, uh, oh, maybe self-centered when they were younger, as they get older, they can get more snippy, more uh, aggravating. You know, we all know about, you know, the little old ladies, you know, who come into the lunch counter and they're just, you know, bears to deal with because they're very demanding and they have, you know, whatever. And it's true for little old men too, for, for a lot, you know, just the little old ladies got that reputation, but you know, old people sometimes have a reputation for being a little hard to get along with. Well, it's the way it is. You start to, uh, you know, like you say, you, you start to become more authentic, I guess, whether you want to or not, because it's harder to suppress it. It's harder to keep up the mask. It's harder to maintain the story. It, um, the, 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 uh, your ability to control starts to fall apart. And by then, you don't know who you are. Okay. You see? You're lost. It's really hard. You've never been authentic for, you know, for 60 years or for 50 years you haven't been authentic. So it's, it's a, you're just a lost person who feels driven and can't deal with it, can't, can't suppress it anymore. And that's really sad, but that's, you know, that tends to be the way it is. So while you're still, uh, while you're still young is the time to decide to grow up and let go of these things, but it's never too late to do that. Just, you know, I'm trying to encourage people do it now, you know, don't put it off. Just do it now. It's not going to get any easier. It's not going to get any better. It's just going to get more obvious what the problem is as time goes by. So don't put it off. It's something to, to take seriously and do it. Yeah. And it seems horrendous when you start, but after the first six months or so of effort, it gets easier and easier and easier and you get happier and happier and the whole thing starts to, you know, instead of a downward spiral, you get on an upward spiral and everything just keeps getting better. So there's no, there's no downside. Right. There's no, you know, being real and authentic doesn't have a downside. Okay, what if you find an ugly person in there, you know, that's the real you? Well, that's okay. Now you can learn. You can grow from that. So you can change it because you know what it is. Now you're at a point where you can change your own behavior because you're you. So otherwise you'll get you'll grow up and that ugly person inside, you know, will eventually come out as you get older, and uh, and won't be hidden so much. So you know, yeah, it's a tough thing to do, easy thing to say, yeah. tough thing to do, but it needs to be done. And for people who really are are kind of done with with being unhappy, unfulfilled, and not full of joy, well, you know, go do it. 
And you don't have to meditate. That's just an easy way to get to know yourself. And luckily with some addictions like sugar and carbohydrates, I mean, it doesn't take six months. It, it, it can be difficult for the first week or so because you can get headaches and, you know, there's a discomfort yeah. from the withdrawal. But it really only takes a few weeks for you to feel completely different then there's that motivation for you to want to get there. But it's true, like, because you can't stop, you can't become authentic if you keep reaching for your addictions. It's right? true. Your, your addictions are a, it, it's a process of escape. Right. From who you are. <laughs> exactly. That's escaping from who you are. Right. So as long as you're trying to escape who you are, then it's going to be, hard to become who you are right so one step at a time and maybe the first step is you know know what masks you wear know what story you get stuck in and let go of some of the addictions but if you think that you don't have an addictive personality everybody has some way to self-medicate feeling uncomfortable because that's the problem because once you start being authentic you know all of these feelings start coming up that you haven't dealt with that you keep throwing under the under the rug and so as soon as you start to become authentic then you have to kind of deal with with the things as they come up they aren't not gonna you know they're not all gonna come up all at one moment but I mean there are things that we've not been dealing with that we've been using our addictions to escape from that we need to look at examine let go of and accept yeah hmm. that's the way it is for most of us yeah, yeah. most most people are like that and don't feel like you particularly are you know the listeners out there don't feel like oh i'm a mess you know i've got all <laughs> the stuff everybody else is in that same boat you know? yeah. don't don't feel like uh, you're you're the exception and it if you ever got to be authentic, it would be exceptionally awful, you know. <laughs> That's not it at all, you know. It'll probably turn out to be exceptionally nice after, uh, you know, after a short time of, of working on it. Not exceptionally awful. Most everyone is like that, you know. We go through life like, uh, you know, like zombies. We go through life like machines because we're using our intellect to constantly tell us what we should do and how we should be, and we have you know, all this, the structure we live in, you know, we get up at a certain time, we have to go to work, we go to work, we turn a crank at work, we do this thing. And then, you know, we have one hour for lunch. So we, we do that. And then we go home and then we have to dinner to fix and then dishes to wash and children to, you know, do their homework. And then it's time and then we're tired. So then we go to bed and then we get up in the, morning, the next day and we do it all again. And we get into these ruts of doing to where we forget about being. And when we get into these ruts of doing, then we're going through life like a machine. We're going through life like a, you know, like I say, like a zombie, you know, that uh, isn't really connected to anything. But the, the next thing that has to be done is all they're connected to. And when you do that, that's a very unfulfilling, unsatisfying way to live and, and not very authentic. You're being you're being driven by all the you know the demands you put on yourself and that others put on you, and that's another reason why that donut is so good because it gives us just a little spark of 
pleasure, a little hit of our favorite dope, you know, in the morning, and we get a little feel good. And then we go to work, and everything's kind of dreary, and it's hard to stay awake, so we drink some coffee, and we get that caffeine. Well, that perks us up a little bit. Now we feel better. You see, and then at lunchtime, we have a big piece of uh, cake or cherry pie or something, you know, for dessert. And then we feel a little better for a little while. But, of course, that better doesn't last very long. You know, five minutes after we put the fork down, the better is about over. And after that, now we have the, the depression that's on the backside of the sugar high. You know, the sugar high gets you to feel good, but then on the other side, when the, uh, when the insulin starts to kick in and bring that blood sugar level down, then it usually overcompensates, and now you're on a, now you're on a uh, what they call the sugar blues. You know, now you're on a sugar low, which always follows the sugar high. And uh, then, of course, you need something else. So then you go get a Snickers bar or some other sort of thing because you're feeling kind of low in the middle of the day. And you see how it's just this never-ending cycle of, of not being authentic. It's, it's, you're, you're stuck in a rut. And most people don't even know it. They think, well, this is life. This is the way it's supposed to be. You know, uh, you, know you, you, you do these things. It's required. Well, some of it is required, but you don't have to do it like a zombie. You don't have to do go through all these motions um, like a like a a robot. You can do it all consciously. You know, live in the moment, be conscious, be aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it, and when you are, you won't need that hit of dope. You won't need those other things because you're you're present in the moment of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And even if it's, well, I have to go to work and I have to be there by a certain time and I go in and turn that crank, well, that's what I do. And I'll turn that crank to the best of my ability. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do what I, you know, maybe I'll ride my bicycle to work because that will be more healthy. Or maybe I'll walk to work if that's possible. Or maybe I'll go to work early enough to, you know, take a walk around the block first. Or instead of that piece of pie, I'll, I'll take a walk around the block then, you know. I go back to work and you start finding other things to do and while you're on that walk you notice the birds and you notice the sounds and you notice all the people and the zombies and the, and the uh, robots that are walking by you and uh, you get a chance to think who, who am I and you know you can actually do a lot of stuff a lot of the normal things you do it's not that you have to go you know live in a cave and be a hermit you know be, go be a monk you know or a nun someplace that's not the point no. You can live your life. You can do all those things, but you have to do it by being present, by knowing why you're doing it, you know, what you're doing it, doing it well, doing it with care, doing it with love, you know. Then, instead of just this thing you got to do, it becomes fun. It becomes a, a part of your life, and pretty soon your life has some joy in it because you see things completely differently. So, yes, you're still getting up. When the alarm goes off, you're still going into work, you're still turning that crank, but it's different because with a new perspective, everything is now approached with a different attitude. It's not a, you're not a zombie any longer. And maybe you decide, well, I ought to change jobs or maybe it's time to retire. Or maybe, you know, I, instead of just doing this job like a zombie, I could do this job a whole lot better. Maybe I can think of some creative things I could do with this job and move it to some other place and, you know, get creative, do things differently. And 
uh, life will just get better in all sorts of ways. You know, it's not like you feel trapped and say, well, I'm trapped. That's it. You know, I, it, this is my life. You know, I get up and I turn the cranks I have to turn and then I go to bed and then I get up, turn the cranks I have to turn and go to bed. You know, that doesn't have to be the case. Even turning that crank can be something that's that has joy in it, has purpose and content in it. You're turning that crank with other people. How do you relate to those other people? What's the thing? Is there anything way that you can help or be a service or just smile at somebody and make them have a happier day? You know, there's just lots of things that you can contribute once you're aware and awake and present in your in whatever you do for a living. You know, whether you're driving a bus or doing brain surgery, you know, it doesn't matter. There's you connect with people and you can do that in a loving, caring, smiling, happy way, or you can do it like a zombie. And if you do it in a loving, caring you know, way, you'll get that back. Every smile you give, you'll get a smile or two back, and people will appreciate that. You know, so it's, it's, just a, it's just a different perspective. It's not that you have to change your life and the things that you do. You just have to see it all differently. See it from the perspective of being authentic rather than the perspective of wearing the mask living the story. Oh, this is my story. Yeah, I get up, I go to the factory, I turn the crank, I come home. It's a bore. I hate it. That's my story. You say, well, if that's your story, you're, you're probably stuck in that story. You may still do those things and go to the factory and turn that crank, but it doesn't have to be something you hate. You hate it because of your, your attitudes, because of your sugar highs and then sugar lows, because of all the other things that... Uh, Make you act the way you act. And keep you out of being in the present moment. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it does. Yeah. All of those things just take you somewhere else. It takes you to the past of a memory. It, it's an addiction. I mean, it's always taking you out of feeling right now in the moment and being. Sure. And one place it takes most people is they start uh, complaining and fussing and trying to find fault with everything else. <laughs> They're not happy because, because their boss is a jerk, because the job sucks, because, you know, the car's getting old and I have yeah. to replace it, yes. because this and that. So they look at all the things in their life yeah. that, that are challenging and, and annoying and not the way they like it, and they, they wallow in their misery. That's what most of the time is spent doing in their mind is enumerating all the things in their life that sucks, all the people that aren't nice to them, all the times they have to smile and be nice when they don't feel like it. Uh, you know, the, the constraints of the job, you know, they, they look at the constraints yeah. rather than looking at what they could do there, you know, beyond the constraints. They don't interact well with the people. You know, they look at all the faults and all the people they work with, and how everybody sucks, you know, and it, pretty soon their life is is miserable and they're depressed because they spend all of their time focused on what's wrong. And of course it's always what's wrong with somebody else and your life sucks because you just have this, you know, there's all these people who aren't nice and you have to deal with them. And, and that, that, that. You, you know, people like that, they complain all the time yeah. and they're just down all the time because they're wallowing around in their own self pity most of the time. So it's all about how everybody else causes them trouble. And that's, 
that's their life. You see, and they're stuck on it. They don't see any way out. Well, the way out isn't by changing other people. It's by changing yourself, changing your attitude, letting go of all that ego and fear and growing up. Then suddenly, you're not in that situation anymore. Well, not suddenly. It takes a little while to do that, but you know, you you outgrow all that. And even if your your physical life, what you do, hasn't changed a bit, and the people that you do it with hasn't changed a bit, you can find joy and fulfillment and satisfaction in almost anything. Nice. If you have the right attitude, it doesn't matter what you do. If what you do is wander around in parks picking up pieces of paper with a with a stick with a little point on the end of it, you can find joy in that. You see? That can be something that can be a, a fun, a joyful thing to do. You can you can find purpose in that. So it's not it's you know, you can't blame it on what you have to do and the way your job is and the way all the other people are. You have to just you have to blame it on somebody, blame it on yourself for being the way you are and you it's your choice but uh, you have free will you can make other choices you don't have to choose to be that way perfect all right well awesome show tom (laughs) (laughs) did all right we did great all right you can find out more about tom if you go to his website uh, my big toe google my big toe or tom campbell or tom gabble physicist or his youtube Um, He's got a lot of information and um, he offers a lot, you know, very openly and very freely. Um, So do take, do take advantage of all the, uh, all that, all that Tom offers. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Tom. You will be back next month. Next month, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the holidays. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, thank you again, Tom. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next news from the heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.